Shalom to all. Today's office Suba Saf Tezvav. We are starting Yudan Oro Bay's eight lines off from the bottom with a brand new Mishnah. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam, Sarabas, Riyaka, Maisha, Her Nisham, Shadavanaliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Mars Rifka, Basar, Meir Zev, Her Nisham, Shadavanaliyah. Now we continue discussing Shitas from Gamaliel and Rabbi Shua, and the Gemara is going to be focusing on the concept of Rav, majority, which we've already had before. However, now we're going to be learning about a new dimension, the concept of two Rives. So the Mishnah says, Om Rabbi Yasi, Yasi tells us, There's a story that a young girl went down to the well to fill up her pitcher with water, Venensa, and she was violated. said, If the majority of the people in her city are people that are kosher to marry in Tikuna, Lakuna. So she's allowed to marry in Tikuna as well, because we can assume that the person that was bail her is someone who is kosher to Kuna. Now, I'm Ravla of Nachman, Rav Asr of Nachman, Rabbi Yechemunur, Damar Kaman, who's Rabbi Yechemunur going like? If he'd be passing like Rabbi Gamliel, I feel brave Sulam Nayamachshir, even if the majority of the people in the city are puzzled to Kuna, Rabbi Gamliel would still be Makal. And Ikrab Yeshua, if you want to say that Rabbi Yechemunur holds like Rabbi Yeshua, I feel brave Sherem Nami Puzzle, even if the majority of the people in her city were kosher to Kuna, Rabbi Yeshua would still say that she's puzzled to Kuna. So I'm Rav Nachman told Rav, Hachiyam Rav Yehuda Marav, this Rabbi Yehuda said Bishem Rav, this story happened with the wagons of Tipari. This is talking about a story that happened during the market season, and there were Kronis, wagons, or caravans in Tipari. The Chiddush over here is that even though Rabbi Shua usually is not Makal when there's only one Rive, namely that the Rive of the people in the city are kosher to marry to Kuna, here we have two Rives. Not only is Rive of the city kosher to marry to Kuna, but Rive of the visitors in these Kronis as well are kosher to Akain. And Chud Ravami, this is just like Ravami, Dom Ravami, he says, This is talking about a situation where there was a Seah, a caravan of people that were kosher that were passing through the city. And just like Rabiane, Dom Raviane, he says, if she was nivel in the current, so she's kosher to Kuna. The Gemara says, hold on one second, we're talking about a case where she was nivel on the current, on the wagon, that can't be. So we say, no, what Rabiane really was saying is, if she was nivel at the time that these current, that these wagons, these caravans were passing through Tsipari, so then she'd be kosher to Kuna. If one of the residents of Tsipari left the city and he was by her, meaning the Vlad is not kosher. Now, before we continue this, the Gemara is not going to be introducing and focusing on two unique concepts when dealing with Rive. Number one is called a parish, Meruba parish. Anything that is separated, left, or departed has done so from the Rive. Number two is called Kavua, Kemechsamechsadami. Anything which is Kavua, it's set, it's stationary, it's treated like 50 50. Let's say, for example, you have a gumball machine with red and blue gumballs. The Rive of them are blue. Now, as an aside, the following is true even if all of them are blue and only one of them is red. But again, what's important over here is that the Rive of them are blue. So you turn the knob and a gumball comes out. Without looking, what color came out? Chances are is that a blue one did, because our first klal is called a parish meruba parish, and that tells us that a gumball, which was pirish from the machine, is assumed to be from the rive. But now let's say you stick your hand into the machine and take hold of a gumball. What color is it? Now, although logic might dictate that it's also blue, the klal of kol kavua kamechzal mechzodami says that it's not so. These gumballs are stationary. They're not moving, and therefore there's an equal chance of it being blue or red. Now, there's a lot of discussion in the Farsham why that is and what exactly the difference is, but for us, it suffices to remember these klalim of kol kavua kamechzal mechzodami and kol parish meruba parish. So now back to our discussion of this girl that was violated, and it was at a time of the Kronis of Tsipairi that there was all these caravans and wagons in Tsipairi. How do we know that she's mother to kuna? Ki hadachi asa ravdimi amar zairi. When ravdimi came from Eretz Yisrael, he said the name of zairi amar ravchanina, who had said the name of ravchanina. But Amrilan, some say amar zairi amar ravchanina, and that ravdimi was not part of this discussion. Holchan acharayva ir ve'en holchan acharayv seya. We follow the majority of the people in this city if they're kosher, then she's kosher to kuna. But we don't follow the majority of the people that would make up these caravans. Think about only one second. Klape which direction are you going in? Hani naidi v'hani kvi v'kaimi. These people in the caravans are moving back and forth, whereas the people in the city they're set and they're not moving. So if anything, we should be making with the caravans and not with the city. So Gemara says you're right. We're going to go based 
based off of the majority of the people in the city. So if the majority of the people in the city are kasher tikuna, we're going to say that she's kasher tikuna. But that's also if we only have the majority of the caravans. If the majority of the people of these caravans are going through the city are kasher, so then we're going to say that we have two rives and that she's kasher. However, we're not going to go bus or rive of the city alone or bus or rive of the caravans alone. The Gemara asks, my time, why is that? When we have rive seya, the majority of caravans being kasher people, so why aren't we going to go bus or rive? So Gemara says, we have Xera. If we're going to go bus or rive of these caravans, so then we might accidentally go bus or rive a ear, and that's not okay. The Gemara continues asking, even when the majority of the city is kasher to her, why are we going to be machmir in that case? If someone left this city and went to this woman, called the Parsh Miru Parsh, we'll just say that whoever left has left from the majority, and we could still assume that this person that was bail her is someone who's kasher. So Gemara says, Since it could be a situation where she went to him, she went to someone in the city, to have like Kavua, that's a case of Kavua, Balm Rabzeira, and Rabzeira says, And then, even though the majority of the city is people that are kasher to her, since she went to someone in the city, that's a case of Kavua, and we would have to say, It's very possible that she was bailed to someone who's not kasher to her, and therefore we have to be machmir in such a case. But the bottom line over here is that the reason why this woman in the Mishnah is going to be kasher is because we have two rives. But now the Gemara asks, well, maybe in a tray ruby, do we really need to have two rives? Fatan, you have a brisa. Tesha Chanuyas, we have nine stores. Kulan Marchas Basar Shkuta, these nine stores are all selling kosher meat. Vaachas Marchas Basar Nevela. And then we have another store, tenth store, which sells non kosher meat. Vlokach Machas Mehen, and this fellow went and bought meat from one of them. Venedeh Meeze Mehen Lokach, and he totally forgot which store he bought meat from. Sveikai Usser, this suffix of his, which store did he buy from, says that it's Usser because this is a case of Kavua. He walked into a store to buy meat, we say it's 50-50. It could be it's kosher, it could be it's not kosher, so we have to be machmir. But Ubenimsa, if he finds meat on the floor, then we go basar rive, and the majority of the stores sell kosher meat, so we can assume this is kosher meat. So we see from here that we don't need two rives, we only need one rive. Rive of the stores sell kosher meat. And if you want to suggest that over there we also have two rives, because we're talking about a situation where the country is not closed off from other people coming in from the outside, that we have a rive coming from outside the country as well, meaning the majority of the butchers in this city are kosher butchers, and the majority of meat coming from outside the city is also kosher meat. So we do have two rives. The Gemara says it's not true because of Amr Abzair. Abzair says, Even though the doors of the country or the city are closed, meaning people from outside are not invited in, still we go basar rive. So we see that we don't need two rives, we only need one rive. So the Gemara answers, in our case, in our Mishnah, Mala Asu they were extra strict when it comes to Yichos. We need to know if this woman's allowed to marry a Kayin, so we have to be extra strict, and that's how we need to have two rives. But in a standard case, we don't need two rives. And we continue discussing rive. Gufa, we had just stated, Amrab Zera, call Kavua, Kamechsal If we have something that's Kavua, it's like it's 50 50. And that's Bain Lakula, Bain Lachumra, whether we're talking Lakula or Lachumra. The Gemara asked, Manal Rab Zera, how does Rab know that? How does he know that we're going to say, call Kavua, Kamechsal Mechsal, even if it's Lakula? Even if we want to say it's from the following case. Mitesha Chanuyas, we have nine stores. These nine stores sell kosher meat. And there's one store that sells non kosher meat. And he bought from one of them. He doesn't know which store he bought from. And that makes the suffix usher because we say, When he finds meat in the street, he goes basarive and he can assume that's kosher meat. In that case, we're taking the rule of and we're applying it saying that he's not allowed to eat this meat. And we're trying to find the case of kula. So we suggest Alice from the following. We have nine frogs and one sherets among them. Now, shratzim are going to be matami that which touches them. Frogs are not considered shratzim. So here we have a pile of nine dead frogs and one sav, which is a sheret similar to a frog. And Menaga Bechman, he touched one of the things in this pile of Enyodebezmenaga, and he doesn't know which one he touched. Sveiko Tame, this suffix tells us that he's Tame, because this is a case of something Kavua. He put his hand into the pile and he touched something, so it's Kamechta 
Melmechza. The Gemara says it's also not a valid ride because Hasim Nami Lechumro. That's also a case of Chumro. Nine of them here would not be Matamehim, and only one of them is Matamehim, and we're saying that he's Tameh. That's a case of Chumro. So Gemara says, you're right, Alice from the following case. Metisha Shratim Utsfardeya Echod Benem. We have nine Shratim, and there's one frog among them. And he touched one of them. And he doesn't know which one he touched. So if he's in Rosh Yachad, he's in a private domain. This suffix of his tells us that he's Tame. That's because we're always Machmir when it comes to suffix Toma in Rosh Yachid. But Rosh Rabim, if he's in Rosh Rabim, we say this suffix of his is Tahar. So we see an application of even Lakula. So the Gemara continues with Midaraisa Menolan. How do we know this Midaraisa? How do we know that that's the proper Psakalach Midaraisa? The answer is Amar because we have a Pasuk that says, And he ambushes him and he rose up against him. What do we learn from here? Aji is Chavin Loi. Reuben is only Chai for killing Shimon if he has Kavana to kill him. He has to have the Kavana, I want to kill him, as the Pasuk says, He ambushes him. Now they're going to argue with that and they say that if he intended to kill one person but he accidentally killed the other one, he's still Chayev. So what's the Pasuk of Arav Loi Vakamalav teaching us for the Rabbanon? The Gemara says, Rabbanon, what do they do with this Pasuk? This excluding case, if he throws a stone into a group of people, and their group of people is made up of non-Jews and Jews, and he accidentally killed a Jew. The Pasuk is telling us that he's not chai for killing that Jew. The Gemara is holding one second. Hey, Chidami, what's the case over there? If you want to say we're talking about a case where there's nine non-Jews and one Yid over there, and this other Yid of ours threw a stone into this group and killed the one Yid in that group, and the Pasuk is telling us that he's potter for killing that Yid, why don't we just explain that the reason why he's potter for killing that Yid is Deruba is because the majority of the people in this group were non-Jews, and so we can assume that his intent was to kill a non-Jew, not to kill a Jew. Or Inami, alternatively, Pagu Pagu, it could be that there was 50% Jews, 50% non-Jews over there, but still, Suffolk Nefashas L'Hakel, we're dealing with Suffolk Nefashas. We're not so sure if we should kill him for killing a Jew, or not kill him because he killed a non-Jew, so we're always going to go to the Mekel side. We don't need a Pasuk for that. So Gemara says, you're right, the whole Chiddush is, the Ikatisha Yisrael M'Knani Echad B'Neim. We're talking about a situation where we had a group of nine Yidden, and only one guy was among them, the Havale Kanani Kavua, the fact that that Kanani was there is considered Kavua, and now the case is 50-50, so when the Jew threw the rock, even though there was nine Jews and only one non-Jew, we say it's 50-50. Maybe it's going to hit a Jew, maybe it's going to hit the non-Jew, and therefore he'd be putter even though his rock killed a Jew. And it all comes from this Pasuk of Arav Levakam Alav, so we see that this concept of is even a Dairaisa. Now going back to our Mishnah, Itmar was stated, Rav Chiyabar Ashi Amar Rav, Halacha Krabiesi, the Halachas are Krabiesi in our Mishnah. Rav Chan Bar Rav Amar Rav, Hairaz Shah Haisa, it was just a Hairaz Shah. They just passed like that in that particular situation, but we're not going to apply that to all other cases. But now, Master Rav Yirmiya, Rav Yirmiya asks on this first way of quoting Rav the halachas of in our Mishnah. When we're dealing with a case of Yochsin, we don't need to have two rives. Rav Yirmiya understood that by us saying the halachas of in our Mishnah, that halachas like him, even if there's not two rives. So he's asking, how could it be that we don't need two rives when we're dealing with Yochsin? When we're dealing with the ability for this woman to marry a kain. But today we have a Mishnah. Tesvavam bez on top. Let's an abandoned child was found in the city, and it was handed over to. Bezdin, and now Bezdin has to figure out what to do with this child. Imrev Avikhavim, if the majority of the people in the city are non-Jews, Avikhavim, so we can assume that this child's a non-Jew. Imrev Yisrael, Yisrael, if the majority of the people in the city are Yidden, so we can assume that this child's a Yid. Mechzal Mechza, if it's 50-50, so Yisrael, we would have to assume this child's a Yid. And the Amar Rav, Rav said on this case, the only nafkamina of whether he's a Jew or a non-Jew is regarding sustaining him and feeding him. But in terms of making him a person, we're not going to say that he's considered a Yid in terms of Yichas. And Ushmul Amr, he says the whole nafkamina mean of whether he's a Yid or not a Yid is whether we're going to uncover a pile of stones on Shabbos to try to save this kid if he was covered over by a pile of stones, a house collapsed on him, or are we going to be Mechal Shabbos for him? But we see from here, the Rav says very clearly, even when we have a Rav, we're not going to say that that Rav tells us that he's a Yid when it comes to Yuchsin. So how could Rav say in our Mishnah that we're going to pass in like one Rav when we're dealing with Yuchsin? So my answer is, Ishtamitzi, Rav Yirmiya forgot, Hada Am Rav Yehuda Am 
Rav, that which Rabbi Huda said B'Shem Rav, B'Kronin Shel Tzipari, Havamaisa, that the story in our Mishra was talking about at a time where there was a lot of wagons and caravans in Tzipari, and we do have two Ravs. So in essence, Rav Yirmiya misunderstood this memor from Rav that we pass like Rabbi Yassi in our Mishnah. He thought that means that we pass like him even if we only have one Rav. Where Rav Yirmiya forgot is that Rav pass like Rabbi Yassi in our Mishnah only when we have two Ravs, so there's no question on Rav. But now we ask on the second way that we quoted Rav, Rav that had said that this was a particular Hayra, was a particular Psak at that point in time, and we can't apply it to all other places. Kashaha, now we have a question with this Mishnah regarding this child that was found in the city. Why would Rav, in the case of the abandoned child, when the majority of the city is Yidden, why would he say that the child, for Yuchsen purposes, is not considered a Yid? According to Rav Bar Rav, the only time Rav required two Ravs for Yuchsen purposes is in our Mishnah, but not in this Mishnah. Sigmar so says, You're right, Mandamasnihal or Masnihal. The one that taught this one didn't teach that one. And we continue discussing this. Gufa, we had just said, Matzabatinik Mushloch, an abandoned child was found in the city. If the majority of the people in the city are non-Jews, we treat this child as a non-Jew. If the majority of the people in the city are Yidin, so we treat this child as a Yid. If it's 50-50, we have to treat the child as a Yid. Now, Amar Rav, Rav had said, That's only in regards to feeding this child and keeping him alive. But in terms of making this child a Yid, we wouldn't treat him as a Yid. It has to do with whether we're going to be Mechal Shabbos for him and uncover a pile of stones that had fallen on him. Ask the Gemara, did Shmuel really say that? Shmuel, so we have a member in the name of Shmuel, When it comes to Bikuach Nefesh, we don't follow the Rav, and if it has to do with saving a person's life, even if there's a small chance that there's a Yid over there, so we're going to be Mechal Shabbos to try to save the person. So how could Shmuel say that if the majority of the city is non-Jew, so then wouldn't have to be Mechal Shabbos to try to save this person? There's still a possibility that it's a Jew. So Gemara says, you're right. When did Shmuel say his din of not being Mechal Shabbos? He said that on the Reisha, if the majority of the city is non-Jews, we treat this child as a non-Jew, and Amr Shmuel, Shmuel said, In regards to Mechal Shabbos to try to take a pile of stones off of this child, that's not so, and we will be Mechal Shabbos for this child. Sigmar asks if that's really so, If the majority of the city is non-Jews, we treat this child as a non-Jew. What nafkamina does it have lahalacha for Shita Shmuel? So Amr Papa, he answers, In regards to us giving him non-kosher, we're going to raise this child and we're going to make sure that he doesn't die, but what type of food are we allowed to feed him? In such a case, we could treat him like a non-Jew and we can feed him not kosher food. And we continue asking Shita Shmuel, in Rev Yisrael Yisrael my Halchasa, what relevance does it have halachically if the majority of the city is Yidin, so we have to treat this child like a Yid? Amr Papa he says, that means that we would have to return this child a lost object of his. If we treat him like a non Jew, so we wouldn't have to return him as Aveda, but if he's a Jew, so then we would have to return him as Aveda. And one last thing that needs to be answered, regarding what halacha is relevant if the city is half Yidin, half non Yidin, we have to treat this child as a Yid. So Amr Shlokashi says, when it comes to damages. Now, before we continue, it's important to know if the ox of a non Jew damages that of a Jew, so the non-Jew has to pay in full. Whereas if the ox of a Jew damages that of a non-Jew, he doesn't need to pay anything. But let's say the ox of a Jew damages that of another Jew, so then it depends. If the ox was a tom, it hasn't proven itself to be wild and untamed, so then the owner pays chatzi nezek, only half the damages. Whereas if the ox is already a muad, it's proven itself to be wild and untamed, then the owner has to pay nezek shalim, the full damages. So we're saying over here that when the city's 50-50, we have to treat him like a Jew, it has to do with damages. The Gemara asks, okay, hey dummy, what's the case we're talking about? Enim, if you want to say, that our ox gored this person who's a suffolk whom we're treating like a Jew, but it gored his ox, and we have to treat him like a Jew in that case. Well, lay malay, why don't we have the ability to tell him, I see Raya the Yisrael at, you bring a Raya that you are a Yid, Ushkail, and only then you'll be able to take your money. Why should we say that the fact that we're treating him like a Jew means that we have to pay him? So Gemara says, you're right, we're talking about this fellow who's a suffolk whom we're treating as a Yid, his ox gored our ox. So Palga Mishalim, 50% he has to pay. Maman of Shach, if he's a non-Jew, he would have to pay everything. And if he wasn't a non-Jew, he would have to pay minimum 
150%. Now, if Eidach Palga, the other half of the damages that we're trying to get from him, Amr Lahu, he could tell them, I see Raya do Lavi Sralano, you bring a Raya that I'm not a Yid, Vatan Lachain, and then I'm going to give you the other half of your damages. So that's the relevant halacha that if it's 50 50, we're going to treat him as a Jew. He doesn't have to pay the other 50% of the damages that his ox caused unless other people could prove that he's not a Jew. Finishing the first part of Masechah's Ksubas together, we should be able to finish the entire Masechah together, and of course, all of Shas together. Everyone should have a wonderful day.